Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. And, you know, um, this quarantine seems like it has lasted all of 2020, and it's going to stretch into 2021. Of course, we don't think it actually will, but it feels like it. One of the best things that has happened, though, is I've been able to um, get some really good dirt on on things. Uh, so coming up, we're going to talk about Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, but first, I just wanted to tell you guys that Will is going to be joining us later remotely, as usual, as has has become our norm the last um, month or so. Um, he's going to be joining us remotely for Politalk, uh, and. Obviously, it's Will, so you know it's going to be way more professional than anything I could ever think of doing. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. No. <laughs> All right. So, Whoopi Goldberg is said to be negotiating a new deal with The View. Now, this is not an industry secret or anything like that. It happens all the time. Um, she she does year by year. That way she has an out. You know, if if in January she decides that she wants to leave, she doesn't have to. She just tells them, "Hey, at the end of this contract, I'm done." And there's no hemming and hawing, or you have X amount of time left on your contract. Uh, the fact that she's negotiating means she actually wants to stay. Uh, and most of the time in contract disputes, there is, it's something like, you're not paying me enough money, or I want more time off. Uh, that happens a lot in daytime. However, I'm hearing from multiple sources on this, actually. Uh, that would be want something else altogether. Uh, so, you know, quarantine and all that. Um, most businesses are kind of coming to a standstill. Uh, but talk shows are not. Talk shows are, if anything, um, ramping up production. There, I mean, and when I say that, I don't mean, like, the full theatrical that we're used to seeing. Uh, what we're getting, though, is more of a slimmed-down version. But they're still producing new episodes and trying to um, make things seem like they're normal, um, even as we struggle and know that it's not. <clears throat> so... Whoopi, at the beginning of quarantine, Joy Behar decided to self-isolate for a while. And Whoopi took some time off, um, talked to her doctor, then went back to, the doctor cleared her, then she went back to the doctor, um, because she, remember, she was very ill at the beginning of uh, 2019, I believe, and just wanted to um, have be checked out just to make sure 
and then decided that she too was going to self-isolate. <clears throat> well, during this time, negotiations started. And at the time, things were really ratcheting up um, with Megan McCain. Um, now, if you're a regular listener of this uh, of this podcast, you know um, the inside stories about Megan McCain and how horrible, horrible she is to people. Uh, and she treats her co-host just atrociously. Uh, you know, and I know people will say, well, they go out to drinks or whatever. That's all well fine and good. They probably do it for the show to kind of ease the rumors a bit. <clears throat> However, it's not all peachy keen. So, um, as Whoopi has been negotiating her contract, she has asked for some very, very, very special provisions. Um, one of those provisions is Megan McCain not return as co-host. Now, everyone involved in this is smart enough to realize you can't fire a pregnant woman without cause. So what I'm what I'm hearing is ABC was already on board with this decision. They have no problem letting Megan McCain go. But optically, it looks really bad on them. So I'm hearing that they're gonna try to go into negotiations with Megan McCain to break her contract. Um, and it will involve a payout. Let's just be real here. Um, and that alone is worthy of an exclusive. But my sources are just wonderful. Um, and one in particular gave me the best goop of all. Here it is. Not only is we'll be pushing for Megan to be fired and push out of the off the show off the hot topics table. But she is also now asking for co-host approval. And what this will mean is the network and the ABC News division can whittle down the co-hosts to two or three candidates. But she wants to be able to say, this is the one I want. Now, right now, we don't know if the network is going to give it to her. Uh, My sources say it's 50-50. With the 2020 election coming up, the view is already guaranteed massive ratings. Um, But... Seeing as Whoopi has steered the show through um, the, I believe, the 2012 election and the 2016 election, they really want um, her presence there. She's kind of become the de facto um, star of the show. Now, that's not to say that the show couldn't continue on without her, because, of course, it 
it's less moderators before and has survived. Um, but daytime audiences do prefer for their, um, they do prefer continuity. They prefer to um, know who they're inviting into their home, so to speak. Um, on the other hand, um, my source doesn't think that the network wants to give up the rights to uh, choosing the co-host. And while chemistry is very important and getting along um, might be nice, it's not essential to keep the show running. What is essential to keep the show running is controversy and um, making the headlines. So, my source says, right now, she thinks that, um, that they might offer Whoopi something else, um, like a reverse kind, like, you tell us your top candidates, and if they match ours, we'll go with one of those. <clears throat> um, but, according to her, what she's heard a lot of exists saying is it's not called the Whoopi Goldberg show, it's called The View. So that's something to keep in mind. And I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I'm back. And I just wanted to do a follow-up to our Kelly Ripa, Ryan Seacrest um, uh, story episode. It was If you didn't listen to the Kelly Ripa deep dive, go listen to it. I promise you. I know that uh, the deep dives have a reputation of being pre-recorded. And mashed together, but Will has made me completely change that. Um, um, and if I sound bitter, I don't actually mean to. Um, because he was right. It, was, it wasn't it was fair to you guys, and actually works much better when I record fresh material for him. So go listen to the Kelly Ripa deep dive. Um, so... What the what the story was is basically Kelly wanted Ryan gone. And I had tried to do everything in our power to push him out. You know, I know some people are going to be grumpy gusses and say, well, this or that, whatever. But here's the thing. Um, this nice girl personality that Kelly Ripa puts on is just an act. She's an actress at heart. It's a character she plays until after the cameras are off, and then she's a total bitch. Now, I know people are kind of, like, screaming right now, going crazy because I called Kelly Ripa a bitch. I will do it again and again and again. <laughs> because she is. <laughs> anyway... I was at the supermarket, and I was in, we were getting ready to check out, and the Inquirer caught my eye. Now, this is not abnormal. Obviously, y'all know that I love to read my gossip stuff, but what caught my eye wasn't some sort of story, or let me rephrase that, it wasn't the, the cover story. It was... That Ryan Seacrest was leaving uh, live with Kelly and Ryan. And I picked it up 
And it was my whole freaking story, y'all. It was my whole story. And I was just flabbergasted. So I asked my sources. I'm like, you know, I don't care. Like, you're doing me a favor and helping me with build my podcast and, you know, build an audience. Um, But did you give this scoop? And they said, no. And I was like, okay. You know, and I told them about the inquire. So my source has some friends. And they also said, no, like, we didn't talk. So to the inquire reporter listening, first of all, Thank you for running with my story, but next time, please contact me. Um, you can message me on Facebook at author Ed Anderson, Twitter at author Ed A, email me at anderson00 at gmail.com. You know, just shoot me an email and say, hey, we want to buy your story. How much for it? I will, I will gladly write it up for you and cash that check. Um. Anyways, so yeah, um, I don't know if the reporter actually did any additional reporting or if, um, my source is also my friend, so I really truly believe that if she had said it, she would have, she would have said, yeah, you know, I hope you don't mind or, you know, whatever. Um, we don't know if one of her, one of the people she asked was lying or if there's someone else leaking the stories, but I was ecstatic because it validated my story. Um, and it was taking my story into the mainstream press, and right after it hit, it um, listens to the Kelly Ripper deep dive, which just went through the roof. Um, which, again, fabulous! Um, but, so people are, you know, some people who haven't talked to me in a long time are, like, reaching out, like, how did you know? Okay, I, t- I literally tell you guys everything. Like, uh, Will and I vet all of our sources... We make sure that everything is easily provable, and we try to make it so where um, we try to find stories that we think you guys will be entertained by. So that's how we do it. Um, and I mean, I still read the gossip blogs every night. I just go a little bit deeper now with the stories. Um, if I find a story that interests me, uh, then I will, I will work my damnedest to try to, um, pull something together and get some, some details that no one else has, like the Julian Ho story, um, or the Kelly Ripple. Like, I had always read that there was tension between the two, but I was never able to actually prove it. Um, and then when I started talking to my source... She was like, oh my god, yeah. Like, they really fucking hate each other. So, there you go. <laughs> Anyways. I'm going to take a break now. And I will be right back. And I'm back. So, let's talk a little bit about Amanda Bynes. Okay. Just a couple of months ago, just before all this shit happened with coronavirus and sheltering in place and all that, she announced that she was engaged and that she was pregnant. 
and it, everything seemed to be going very well for her. Her fiance, Paul Michael, was a little bit creepy. But, you know, teach their own. People were really worried about Amanda, though. They were worried about what was happening to her and why and all this and that and the other thing. So, one of the um, gossip bloggers that I talked to on a regular basis, um, well, I should say former gossip blogger, uh, who lives in L.A., um, but just stopped blogging, actually gave me some scoop here. Um, so, Blind, Blind Gossip actually revealed one of their blinds, um, saying that um, the engagement ring that she was sporting was a fake. It was only, um, they bought it somewhere for like 49 bucks. And um, they went, they proceeded to say that um, when she got her nose pierced and her, um, she had two hearts on her face, she had two heart tattoos on her face, um, they said it was a sign that she was still mentally ill. Now, first of all, I don't look, I don't like it when people do that. Uh, they used Aaron Carter and some, I think, YouTuber as proof of this. But I think you could argue that there are plenty more people with tattoo, um, face tattoos that are not mentally ill. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a good look, and I don't find it terribly attractive, but I don't think it's a sign of mental illness either. Um, and again, that's just my preference. That doesn't mean that it's for everybody. Um... But in the reveal, um, they quote us, us Weekly as saying that Amanda is uh, getting help and she's in a safe environment. Um, we know from CDAN that Amanda was fighting very hard against con the conservatorship with her mother um, because she felt her mother was taking advantage of her, stealing her money, and whatnot. So none of this is a huge surprise. Um, if Paul Michael and Amanda Bynes had gotten married, the marriage would not have been legal because she's she is under a conservatorship and um, would have needed her parents' permission to tie the knot. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's talk about what really happened. According to my friend, he has been told by multiple people um, that uh, <clears throat> Amanda threatened to marry Paul Michael to terminate the conservatorship with her parents. The reason why she did this is because she was off her meds. And I know what people are going to say. Well, you're just proving blind gossip's point here that she was mentally ill. We already knew that she was, she had some issues. We also know that she was sexually abused as a child star. Um, and what my friend is telling me is she wants to speak out. Her parents are trying to 
talk her out of speaking out because um they don't want her to be in a world of of shit basically um answering all these questions um potentially facing lawsuits however she's not backing down this time she is she is safe um she's getting some help um they're saying that she's not in a sober house so uh, they have no one has said that she's in a mental hospital or anything like that um but my friend thinks that that's exactly where she's at uh, and they're trying to preserve her reputation because for a, for a long time right up until um she met Paul Michael she had wanted to start acting again and then suddenly she wanted nothing to do with that. She didn't want anything to do with fashion, even though um, there had been a big controversy around her mother allegedly not paying her tuition for um, her schooling. And then she, with the baby, with the pregnancy, I bet you guys thought I forgot about that and I wasn't going to circle back to it. Her lawyer just said that there's no baby on the way. Um, there's no indication that uh, that she had an abortion or she was lying about being pregnant. Again, um, both those things could be construed um, as potentially um, derailing a comeback, whether she does a fashion line or um, wants to start acting again. So his wording is very, very clever here. Uh, my friend talked to a publicist, um, one who used to represent Amanda, and said that he, the publicist told publicist told him that if Amanda um, played it like they usually suggest, she would say she miscarried, um, and the miscarriage led to. Um, her and Paul Michael growing apart. However, he since she doesn't currently have um, any projects in the works, uh, and as far as anyone knows, she doesn't have a publicist. We don't know if that's ex exactly what she's going to do. So... Right now, it's just wait and see. Um, my friend told me that he's reaching out to Amanda's mother um, to try to see what he can find out, and he will share with me as soon as he hears anything. But, you know, I, no matter what happens, it's just really, really sad. Um, what she's going through. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are trying to figure out about the baby business. We, I don't think we'll ever know the truth unless Amanda tells us herself. Um, you know, that's just the way to... <clears throat> Wouldn't that be an episode without me coughing or sneezing, right? <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, I'm going to keep on top of the story. Uh, my friend and I have been talking 
nonstop. He's working on a potentially explosive scoop for me um, that I'm hoping to have ready for you by next week. Um, but until then, I'm going to take a break and I will be right back. And I'm back. And I just want you all to know that I scrapped a segment uh, to bring you this story. Um, that segment will air in a, in a later episode. But I felt that this story was much more compelling and um, it's an exclusive, so I want to get ahead of the curve here. So, okay. Y'all know that Andrew Lack was head of NBC News. Uh, his tenure at NBC News was tumultuous at best. Um, under his under on his watch, the Today Show lost its ratings lead to Good Morning America. Matt Lauer was fired for sexual harassment. Um, to which most NBC execs, including Lack, said they had no idea about. And um, the um, NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt um, did see some spring in its step, although it is still losing to ABC's World News Tonight with David Muir. Which, the David Muir show is the number one show on broadcast television. Um, and I'm not talking just news, I'm talking all of television. It's the number one show. Um, so, kudos to the team at um, World News Tonight. But, what started to leak out is uh, Andrew Lack was being investigated by the, uh, the New York Attorney General's office. For the record, I did try to reach out to the New York Attorney General's office and did not receive a reply to my request for a comment. I also reached out to NBC News and I got a stern no comment from them. Now, let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> According to a source very familiar with the situation, Andrew Lack did not voluntarily resign. He was forced out of his job. And a lot of it had to do with the investigation at the Attorney General's office. Um, there was, of course, the $20 million loss. Or, I'm sorry, $20 million loss the nearly $60 million loss that they took um, with Megyn Kelly. Um, that really put a stain on his reputation among executives for NBC Universal slash Comcast. Uh, but the, the Attorney General investigation actually seems to be the last straw. Uh, he was being investigated for sexual harassment, retaliation, and among other charges. Um, those who are the two standouts because he's been publicly accused of retaliating against the woman who stepped forward against Tom Brokaw last year. Uh, she stepped forward and said, you know, hey, 
this is what happened. Um, Tom Brokaw weathered the storm perfectly. Um, if I remember correctly, while he denied any wrongdoing, he did apologize if he ever made her feel uncomfortable. Um, Lack, however, reassigned her and then eventually let her go. Now, I know some people are saying, well, her speaking out and her going to the Attorney General's office sounds like its own form of retaliation. She is the victim here. Period. She had every right to follow the steps that she was told to follow. Um, So I applaud her. Uh, They are also looking into uh, many firings, including Natalie Morales, who is said to have had an affair with Matt Lauer. Um, And she was eventually fired from from the Today Show. And... Um... She was given a new position um, at one of those entertainment shows, I think um, Access Hollywood. Um, So it was quite the demotion, actually. She kept her mouth shut for the most part, but according to my source, when they fired her from Access Hollywood, she lost her mind and was so furious with, with them for reassigning her that she lodged a formal complaint against um, Andrew Lack, Matt Lauer, and a few other executives. And according to my source, Morales is quietly seeking um, a settlement with them for everything that they've put her through. As for the New York Attorney General's office, as of right now, it's a civil issue, not a criminal. But everyone, um, all the executives that my sources heard talking, um, are concerned that it's going to turn into a criminal case and it's going to ensnare a lot of people. When I and when I when I say this, I'm not uh, meaning to sound like an alarmist or. Um, exaggerating, uh, but according to my source, there are a lot of people who knew about what Matt Lauer was doing, who knew what all these guys were doing, uh, and a lot of a lot of it was producers and um, executives treating the female talent. They were acting like frat boys. They were treating the female talent like. Um, the females owed them something. According to my source, he's walked in on at least three men who are married having sex with people who are not their wives. And he has asked to be reassigned um, to different shows. He said that the Today Show is the worst offender Um, when it comes to that, because of the culture that Matt Lauer had set. Um, He did say under um, Savannah and Gunthry and Hoda Kotobi, um, that has settled down quite a bit. Um, Obviously, people are still going to have affairs. That happens every single day. But um, 
you don't walk into a dressing room or you don't walk into the wardrobe and see two people having sex. Uh, and he did caution me to tell you guys that some of the on-air talent, um, as well as people behind the scenes, um, even though it seems like it's very heterosexual based, there's at least one on-air personality, he would not name names, but there's at least one on-air personality who engaged in homosexual activity. Um, it was two men, and he claims, but again, has not showed me, to have photographic evidence of this. I don't know what he did with it. I don't want to know. Um, frankly, it's not my business. Um... But, um, that's the real story of what's going on with Andrew Lax, uh, leaving. Uh, and once, um, just to, because Mike Source and I actually talked about this, uh, just to confirm what Ronan Farrow said, Harvey Weinstein did in fact kill the, um, the Harvey Weinstein story. Um, the, you know, the, where, the one that won Ronan Farrow, the Pulitzer Prize, the one that NBC claimed, um, did not have enough merit as news, and would not have passed any journalistic, um, platforms, uh, standards and practices. Yeah, that one. Um, my source did say that there was enough, um, everything that Ronan said was backed up. Uh, he, Harvey Weinstein, did a lot of advertising with NBC, and they did not want him upset. So they had NBC News kill the story. And there you go. <laughs> I, I just I'm astounded by what we've learned. Um, what I'm learning. So, obviously, this is a breaking story, and I will, of course, bring you any updates as I get them. But right now, stay tuned for Politalk with Will. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, as always. And I will be back soon with a new episode. Stay tuned for Politalk with Will. Coming up. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and otherwise. I'm your host, <clears throat> I'm your host, Will Cottonmouth, apparently, and welcome to this week's episode of Rona Talk. I mean, Pop Talk. The big story this week was obviously, once again, the government's response to the coronavirus, COVID-19, or lack thereof. Donald Trump's administration, as well as several of the governors in his party, specifically Brian Kemp of Georgia have continued their ongoing divorce with reality this week with their plans to open the country despite despite no slackening in the nationwide spread of COVID-19 cases. Donald Trump has floated the idea of disbanding his coronavirus task force and even suggested that the task force will be dismantled and its Responsibilities turned over to various federal agencies, specifically FEMA, by the middle of May. 
In addition, he and a number of his governors, such as those of, as aforementioned, Georgia and Texas, have pushed to reopen the country early, with Kemp even doing so as early as last week, when he officially put out the notice to open all businesses, leaving Georgians scrambling to figure out whether it was safer to stay at home and possibly risk the closure of their businesses and loss of their livelihood, or go to work and possibly catch the COVID and die. Now, this calculus is playing out, is going to play out in basically everywhere that where businesses reopen immediately, possibly even in New York. Governor Cuomo has indicated that he is planning a gradual reopening of the economy starting May 15th, assuming that the number of cases continue to trend downward. Now, Many medical experts, in fact most medical experts, disagree with the administration on the nation's readiness for reopening, saying that one even goes so far as to call, call Trump's ideas magical thinking. This is largely because the number of coronavirus cases in the country has trended up. There, We have not had a day since mid-April in which there were not uh, a thousand, de- at least a thousand deaths. While new cases of COVID-19 have been trending downwards in some major cities like New York, Chicago, and New Orleans, all of which have even been able to close some hospitals or emergency wards, the s- decline that these cities have seen has unfortunately been paralleled with a sharp uptick in the number of cases in smaller cities and rural areas. Cases have skyrocketed in parts of Texas and other areas in Middle America, such as, for example, Dakota City, Nebraska, which now has the third highest number of cases per capita in the United States, despite being a relatively small meatpacking town. The spread of COVID-19 to major areas of food production is obviously extremely concerning, but not nearly as concerning as the state of rural hospitals in regions now hit hard by the early second wave of coronavirus. To put it bluntly, the federal and state governments have been neglecting rural hospitals for years, if not decades. Most are chronically underfunded and understaffed, some are already even at capacity in what for what for their regions uh, that they serve is an early stage of the coronavirus outbreak and yet this is the government has continued its plans to open up the country regardless of the danger posed to these hospitals and to the workers and patients living within them at the moment. I must say I personally hope I am banging the drum on a worst case scenario here, but I must admit that even in larger cities, coronavirus has caused major problems for hospitals and the nationwide death toll projections from the government seem to tick up every day. Donald Trump recently revised his own unofficial estimate from 60,000 to 100,000, 
of course, he claimed that as long as we stayed under this number, we would be good, as he had done with the last few times. But that's enough about Trump being an idiot. I'm sure that's not all you want to hear me talk about. I mean, this is politalk in general, not dumbass trumpet talk. So we'll move on to the next major story of the week, namely the allegations against Joe Biden by Tara Reid, a former staffer of his who claimed he acted inappropriately towards her and sexually assaulted her during her time working for him in the Senate. Now, this case is a thorny one, even by the standards of sexual harassment cases. Obviously, old Joe has claimed that he never did what she said she did. His denials haven't been particularly persuasive, but then again, he rarely speaks super persuasively. The situation is complicated, however, by the fact that Tara Reed's complaint that she claimed to have filed with the Senate Accountability Office at the time has been... Well, no one's been able to track it down, to put it bluntly, and the supervisors who she claimed to have pushed, um, given it to have no recollection of this happening. Biden has put, called on the Senate Records Committee to release any documents that it has. However, after consulting with their counsel, the committee has decided against doing so and has said it will not be able to confirm or deny the existence of any complaints against Joe Biden during his Senate term. The University of Delaware has a nat- has a large stash of documents, mainly speeches and meetings, meeting notes relating to Biden's time in the Senate. However, as with as is typical for them, they do not intend to release these documents until 2 years after Biden retires from public life. Obviously, both the Trump family and the Fox News crowd have jumped on this scandal with many calling Biden a hypocrite who needs to resign, apparently blisteringly unaware of the irony. But that is about to be what you expect from Fox News and the Republican Party these days. Anyway, that's about all I have to say. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Politalk. And I will see you all next time. Hopefully, things do not get any worse than they already are. Cheers!